Welcome to the podcast series, Interest Rates with Mates, with Colin, Todd, Sean, and Kath. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Episode 22. 22. Getting through them. Where is the year gone? Halfway through winter. And we're noticing it because there's a few people off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Including me last week, eh? Yes. Hey? Down and out. Definitely going around. Uh, today we're going to be going through uh, guarantor situations and we're going to break it down a bit. Um, so it's always good to understand what a guarantor is, what you can use a guarantor for, what the banks are looking for, both you know applicant-wise and guarantor-wise. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a common topic, but deep diving into it will just give the audience probably a better understanding of how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the important thing is it's a limited guarantee. So gone are the days where um, the parents had to put up their whole house and um, and uh, the guarantee was for a whole lot more than uh, than just being limited to 20% of the purchase value. Yeah. Um, so when did that change, Todd? I think it was probably 10 plus years ago, I think it might have changed. But yeah, um, to the best of my oh, – I've been in the industry for a bit over eight years now and I've only ever known it to be limited. Um yeah, which you know, which is a good thing for the guarantors because yes. it means that they're not exposed to anything more than just the twenty percent of what the uh, clients or the, the borrowers are paying for a property. So, for example, if they pay hundred thousand dollars for a property, then the guarantee is twenty percent, so twenty thousand plus any associated purchase costs. Um, that guarantee can be reduced uh, through cash. You know, so the um, borrowers have cash themselves, or they're yep. getting like a first homeowner. Uh, benefit or a grant, for example, they can use that cash to help reduce the amount of the guarantee as well. So, um, but what it does mean is that they don't have to pay lenders' mortgage insurance, um, which is saving the borrowers you know, thousands of dollars of, uh, of extra costs as yep. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the type of guarantors that is probably the most accepted is the the bank of mum and dad. Yeah, the parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, when the uh, when we ever do an application, we'll always get an overview of both the applicants and the guarantors. Now I've had some guarantors, you know, fill out the information, and they're like, "Oh, it looks like I'm applying for the loan," mm. and it's it's not really you're not applying for the loan, but the bank does need to see an over overall position of what you have. Yeah, yep, yep. and that's just because they want to protect you. As much as possible. The bank wants to ensure that if the guarantor was ever called upon, that it's not going to put them into financial hardship. So like whilst they're using, in, in a lot of cases, they are using the family home as the guarantor property, Yep. the bank ultimately does not want to sell the property no. out from mum and dad, out from the guarantor. So they want to review, they want to be able to review and, and capture the guarantor situation and try to sort of mitigate the risks and ensure that if, if the guarantor was ever called upon, yep. that, yeah, the guarantor has a, a means and a way to, to pay out that limited guarantee without selling the family home. So, yep. yeah, it, it, it is more so just to protect them. and Absolutely. Yeah. And I suppose the important thing too there, Todd, is some banks want to see the pay slips or the financial information for the guarantor where other banks have – uh, more of a template or a checklist, mm. uh, I suppose, for the broker to to go through uh, an ARCS. Uh, certain questions about, you know, the guarantor is going to be put into hardship, et cetera. Can they, uh, you know, if, if um, say, something happened to the borrowers, you know, what can they do to support the limited guarantee they've got mm. put in place, like you said. So, uh, so every bank's different uh, yeah. that does that guarantor option as well. And each bank is different in the way that, uh, you know, some lenders will have age brackets. Um, you know, if your guarantors are over the age of 65, that might not necessarily be acceptable. 
whereas some banks, you know, we can go over that 65 age mm. um, age and, and they sort of look at the overall position and go, okay, you're in a good financial position. Yep. We're happy to take that on as security. Yeah. As with all like policy niches, um, every bank's different. There'll be some banks that are yep. really um, critical and, and you know, conservative. Um, you know, some, some banks will even make the guarantor or check that they can actually service that, that limited yeah. guarantee amount. Whereas other lenders, uh, you know, as long as the – as long as the um, the security's there in either property or cash or whatever form that is, um, you know, some banks are just happy to take um, yep. self-declared income, you know, income amounts. They don't need pay slips. Mm. Um, yep. So, yeah, once again, like bank policy is different from one lender to another. Some are, are quite conservative, whereas others are quite flexible. Yeah, some banks will even split the limited guarantee as one loan as well. So that way the guarantors mm. but also the borrowers – understand what amount is guaranteed uh, and then what amount isn't guaranteed. So if they wanted to focus on paying down the guarantee part first, they can, um, you know, with clear visual uh, on that particular loan account mm-hmm. balance. So um, so again, like Todd said, there's different, um, you know, different banks have different policies. So, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. spe- speaking about those policies, so um, generally the, the, the way that it's set up is, let's say you've got a million-dollar purchase price, uh, 80% will be secured against the uh, purchase property. Mm-hmm. Then you've got 20% if... If you if you don't have a deposit or you know you're looking to get those funds, yep, twenty percent will be covered with the guarantor's property. Now some lenders will go twenty percent plus costs, so that means you're able to get uh, stamp duty costs on top of your twenty percent deposit. So yep, larger loan, um, but that that you don't have to have a deposit. Yeah, correct. So so when um when discussing those types of situations, I always just make the guarantor very aware yes. that you know the borrower's chosen to put in no deposit in this scenario. So effectively it is lumping more risk on the yes. guarantor. Um, but they're just the conversations we have yeah. just to make sure everyone's aware. Sometimes yeah. it could be because the client wants to retain their deposit to spend on the property to do improvements which is ultimately going to increase the value and therefore reduce the risk to the guarantor anyway but it's just about having those conversations and make making the guarantor aware of the entire picture well it might even be too i had one just recently where they uh, the borrowers had some cash but they had a car loan and their car loan was stopping them from increasing their borrowing capacity so the parents said well we'll go guarantor but you pay out your car loan which means the borrowers could pay uh, sorry borrow 100 percent plus cost now of the purchase property uh, and they're able to spend a little bit more because they're able to use the cash to pay out their yeah. personal loan or car loan. Yeah. So there's uh, situations like that as well where we're able to help uh, borrowers increase their borrowing capacity by using some cash to reduce some debt yeah. as well. I think another important thing to, to comment on is um, when I'm having these conversations with guarantors, a lot of the time they think that they're getting into this and they're going to be stuck with it for 30 years or 20, 25 years. Um, now, so releasing a guarantor is actually quite simple. Um, all we need to do is like within a couple of years, within generally speaking sort of three to five years I would say, um, obviously it depends on market conditions and how quickly the client is paying down their, their debt. Um, but generally speaking, within sort of three to five years, we can order a valuation on the client's property. Um, and as soon as we have a 20% differential between the new value of the property and the current loan balance, as soon as that 20% equity is there, we can just send that valuation off to the bank with a quick release form. So a simple form and um, the guarantor can be released. And yep. then at that point, if it is structured as two separate loans, 
we have the opportunity to roll the two loans into one or we can leave them as two separate loans moving mm-hmm. forward. The clients may choose to fix a large portion, keep a portion yep. variable. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it is quite flexible, but the guarantor is definitely not tied up to the application or to the, to the loan amount um, for 20, 25, 30 years. It, it is only until there is that sufficient amount of equity there to release them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, and look, I suppose the important thing that we've mentioned again today is that every bank's got a different policy when it comes down to guarantors as well. And we'd probably do as an office here one or two guarantor loans probably every week at the moment. Yep. Um, so, and that does differentiate uh, you know, around the, the um, government guarantee schemes as well. Uh, so important not to get confused with the two. Um, so if you have any questions, I suppose give you know one of the brokers here a call so that we can go through your individual scenario around whether a, a parental guarantee would work. Yeah. Just on that, I think um, it's important to note that Obviously, with the government guarantor schemes, we're limited by income amounts, um, so the clients can't be earning, you know, over two hundred k combined income, um, or there's purchase price caps, so you know they yep. can't be buying a property in Queensland here for over seven hundred thousand. Yep. Um, whereas, if you're using a guarantor, a family member, um, there's no caps. There's no. no. There's no restraints with regards to income price point um you know you could even use it for an investment property so um whereas you know the 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 government guarantor scheme there's there's requirements there it can only be an unoccupied property there's income caps there's price caps so um yeah so using a family member as a guarantor is is very flexible absolutely yeah and one other thing that i just want to touch on is that most lenders will need an unencumbered property uh, to take a security, and that's all about you know being the first on the title. All banks like to be first on the title. Now, if you still have a mortgage, that's okay. If the mortgage is with uh, a lender, let's say NAB, uh, we might look to use NAB as the lender of choice, so that on the title it reflects NAB in both scenarios. Yeah. Now it, it will come down to borrowing capacity. Obviously, if your borrowing capacity is a little bit better with another lender. We might have that conversation to say, hey, if you got a smaller loan, would it be, you know, would you be prepared to pay it off potentially? Mm. Or we've got a very few select lenders that will go second mortgage um, over that property. Yeah. So we'll have those conversations with both the guarantor and applicants. Yeah. So well. I suppose the important point there is if the guarantor's got a, a mortgage at the moment, whether it be a small one or a or a large one, if they've got the available equity to support the limited amount of guarantee, then it doesn't mean that they can't go as a, no. as a parental guarantee. It just means that we'll have to have a look at uh, some other options where they, you know, the, the bank will take a second mortgage for the limited guarantee. Yep. That's a good point, actually, because I had a client recently who just thought that um, the mother, her mother, wouldn't be able to go guarantor, wouldn't be a suitable guarantor because she had a, a debt still on her property. Um, obviously, as you just alluded to, as long as there's enough equity there, um, we've got a number of banks that will happily, yeah, take that on. Um, and also just some banks don't do guarantor loans. So I think it's just important for listeners, listeners yeah. to know that if they've been, if they've been to their, um, their existing lender to talk about guarantor loans and the bank said no, that bank just may not offer guarantor loans full stop. So um, once again, every lender is different. Every lender has different policy niches, so definitely give us a call. Um, We can review your situation over the phone and basically let you know whether it could or could not be an option. Absolutely. Now, it is Tuesday today, and we said that we'd do one every Monday, so apologies, but we had a few people away yesterday. Well, blame me on us. (laughs) Influenza A. Uh, So we still got one out this week, so we'll we'll see you next week on Monday, fingers crossed. (laughs) Definitely Monday. All right, we'll see you then. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future topics, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. All of these episodes are available to download for free wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care.